on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 520 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about Michael B. Jordan. Not Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. My son loves him uh, in the Wakanda Forever series. Kind of interesting. He was given an interview the other day, and as he's given an interview, he looked over... And he saw someone that had been bullying him back in high school. And how did he respond to that? We'll get to that. Also, uh, is there a new midlife crisis uh, when it comes to millennials? They call it the new millennial midlife crisis. As kind of a third generation of millennials now are about to turn 40. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Just read a story about an amazing young woman. And she said, you know, I kind of did a 23andMe thing. And then I've also really looked at the health of my family, my mom and my dad, genetically the things that could be handed down. And chances are, I'm not going to be around 80 years old. And so in a way, it's been a blessing. And it was caused me to do is to look at my life. And I'm not living for the future. I'm not saving money for the future. I am living for right now. Ron, I think in a gig economy, we talked about this before. I think that's something that millennials uh, have figured out, and even my son's generation. It, uh, our generation would look at this as being lazy, or you didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps, or you're spoiled, or you've had everything handed to you. Some other people might push back below the age of 40 and say, hey, you know what? Uh, this is about my health, and this is about my mental health, and this is about work life balance. What say you? This, there's a couple things in this that really jumped out to me. The first one is that, and a lot of people will not do this. She went to her doctor and they said, based on your history, like you said, you have, I think the number, I think it was a 72% chance of getting cancer uh, because of your genetic makeup. Uh, I remember when Rachel Bell, when we were on the radio, there was a there's a specific marker if you're an Ashkenazi Jew, like she her heritage goes back to that, where you if you have this gene, you, women will get breast cancer, and so there I think Angelina Jolie did it, and uh, and so Rachel went and did it, and so there's a lot of people that won't do that. They're like, I don't want to know when I'm going to die. Did, when did what? Got tested. Got no, the test, Angelina Jolie went and had things removed as a result of that. Right. What Rachel has done, I don't know what she said publicly, so I don't think she would share it here, but Angelina Jolie has been pretty open about that. Right. So, but and there are a lot of people who are like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know if it's 72%. I'm just going to live my life. And like, whenever my day is the, that is up, that's what it is. Then there are others. So I think there's a certain amount of bravery to go in and say, Am I going to get Alzheimer's? Like, am I going to get cancer? I don't think it's bravery. I think it's love. When you've been around someone with dementia, Alzheimer's, you look at the way that every they suffer, but they don't know they're suffering. Everyone around them suffers more. They suffer more. And especially when you have a family that's in denial of it, and most people are when it begins to happen, uh, it is 
heartbreaking, especially for people that are highly mobile, but their brain begins to shut down. And there's 150 different types of dementia. So it happens at different rates at different times for different people. I think one of the meanest things you could do is grow old. If, you, if you're growing, if you're over the age of 50 and you don't have a durable power of attorney, if you haven't figured out your end of life, if you don't have a will, what the hell's the matter with you? I still love you, but what the hell is the matter with you? You have to make sure that you don't become a burden on your kids, right? And people always say, hey, you know, this is their plan. This is the plan. If I start to, to act this way, just walk me out in the woods and leave me or just, you know, push me off a bridge or push me out of the car. People say that, but I tell you what, if you've been around someone that has that and is going through that, there are times where you do want to push them out of the car because they're so damn mean and they're so damn angry and they take it out on you. And it's usually the caregiver. It's usually the caregiver that ends up dying early, not the person with dementia. It's the caregiver that is now strapped and stuck with this because people didn't do the job and have the courage when they were younger to say, you know what, I don't want to go through all my resources. And I also don't want to have my family have to babysit me because they have kids and they have cousins and they have a life and they only have so many minutes and moments too. The most loving thing that you can do is everything that I just said and have a plan, not just for after your life. And most of us don't have that plan. You need to have that plan. But what about as you get older, when this happens, what happens? And your backstop can't be, well, my kids or my family are going to take care of me because it's not fair to them. It's not. So like, I think there is a bravery to like stepping into that test like she did, looking at it straight in the eye and saying, if I'm at 72%, that's pretty high. I'm probably going to get cancer. And so in that instance, bravo to her to say, and there were beautiful pictures in this article of her traveling the world uh, and, and, you know, sort of mugging for the camera and going to see uh, places that she always wanted to see. And so I I applaud that because I I think she is saying, um, I recognize the probabilities here. I'm not going to hide from them. I'm not going to pretend like, oh, well, you know, medical advancements are going to be around by the time I get there and I've got time. She's saying, no, this, I'm going to get cancer. I am a candidate for cancer and I'm trying to live right and I'm paying attention, but it doesn't matter because just the mix of my family, I'm going to get cancer. And so good for her to go out there and do that. And if that means that she has times where the bank account is real low, but she has a huge bank account of life experience. I, I think that's great. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. And the thing about the, as we get older, life goes faster and there's science behind that. The, again, you guys, the most loving thing you can do is just go through all your shiznit. Now don't, don't leave all these, you know, I, I, I was going through some of my stuff the other day and I have these bikes that I've been hanging on to that my son is going to know what to do with. And I, and I have this cause they mean so much to me. They're not going to mean that much to him. Uh, you don't have to leave someone a hundred portraits of yourself. You can leave them just a portrait. That'll be fine. I think sometimes we saddle people with our stuff, our physical stuff. And then I think we saddle them with our future. And then the next thing, you know, the next thing, you know, you're, you're, you're forced into a memory care place and, and, and then your relatives feel horrible for putting you in the memory care place, which is like 11, 12, 15, 18, 20 grand a month. Uh, and they feel horrible because they had to force you into that place. 
And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that works in probate and courts and all this stuff. And she says, it is really incredible how families get totally blown apart when moms and dads, as they get older, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, when we don't do our work of saying, when this happens, do this. And the the plan can't be push me out of a car. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, money, 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 money. Let's talk about money and let's talk about real estate agents, big brokerages, small brokerages and commissions. Money, money, money. Guess who doesn't want to talk about it? Yeah. Sometimes your real estate agent that took all your money is in a Cancun right now. (laughs) Or a real estate agent that I know that just made $60,000 and he went out and bought a play. Ron, it is pretty incredible that brokerages, real estate agents, they don't want to talk about commissions. And guess what? We do. Because when it comes to commissions, everybody should make sure, whether you use us or somebody else, that you negotiate that commission. That right there is non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable. And there have just been some huge changes in how this all works in Washington State. Uh, the lawyers all got together. They have rewritten all of the rules around this, all of the forms, all of the disclosures. And it is radically different than even six months ago on how we disclose who gets paid, how you get informed about who and what and how everybody gets paid. Don and I would like to do that journey with you, let you know with full transparency so you can trust exactly what is happening in your real estate. Yeah, we're always going to talk about the commission. And I will also say this. Sometimes you guys are paying too much. Sometimes you're not paying enough, right? If you want me to do all the work to your house, you're going to have to pay me. If you want to do all the work and we're just selling your house, yeah, let's pay you, all right? Find out more at ronanddonsitdown.com. Let's talk commissions at ronanddonsitdown.com. And make sure, even if you're using another agent, one of the first things you should be talking about is the things that people don't want to talk about, and that's your money, 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 money. And now, back to the Ron and Don Show. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget if you need us. Yeah, we are licensed real estate uh, agents, and we would love to represent you, whether you're buying, selling, or investing. Those are all three very specific strategies. Don and I know how to win in each of those lanes. It starts with a, what we call a Ron and Don sit-down. Uh, so it's a 45-minute Zoom call. We see if we're going to be a good team. We talk about your goals, your aspirations, uh, your status of what's going on right now, and then we see if we can get a game plan together, and we're going to be good teammates to get you from here to there. Uh, you can start it off at ronanddonsitdown.com. Yeah. Hey, topic number two, we're going to talk about uh, kind of a midlife crisis. I think I think we kind of covered that in, in our when, when we were chatting in, in the first segment. So I'm going to switch this up a little bit. Hit me over the head right now with a book, uh, a podcast, something on YouTube, a recipe. Uh, Mr. Curiosity over here, where has your curiosity been carrying you lately? What's going on? What are you into? And uh, what's something you could share with us that you think uh, maybe would add to our lives? Because Ron is one of the most curious people I know. What do you got? Uh, on the book, I bought the uh, the Rick Rubin, the famous music producer, his book that he wrote. Uh, and it's called, I think it's called uh, Being Creative or something about the creative life. Uh, it's the only book he's ever written. So just look up Rick Rubin. And it's, that's pretty, it's an interesting read because he... They're very short little vignettes, uh, you know, maybe like two pages, three pages each. 
about a concept. The creative act. The creative act. And uh, he's very influenced by who's, like- Who's Rick Rubin? Rick Rubin, founder of Def Jam Records. Uh, he's the one that did all the Johnny Cash albums for his comeback where he covered the song Hurt. He's done everyone from the, the Dixie Chicks to um, Black Sabbath and everyone in between. He was originally the, the original DJ for the Beastie Boys. So, I mean, his, his music career is vast. He's produced Adele Records. Like, he's an amazing Dr. J, producer. everybody loves Dr. Dr. J. And Dr. J. Dr. I bet Dr. J, Dr. J, J loves, loves him. him. <laughs> Dr. J. So, Dr. Uh, Dre and Dr. Ray and Dr. J and Dr. Yeah, all the doctors. There's a video I just encourage people to go out of, of when Jay-Z is producing uh, 99 Problems. And, and Rick Rubin's the producer. And so there's this little documentary that was filmed there. And so Jay-Z's walking through his house and there's like a stuffed bison in there. And he's, he's explained to one of his friends, he's like, I went upstairs to the, use the bathroom and he's got a Grammy uh, holding the toilet paper in there. Awesome. And he's talking, he's like, this guy's crazy. And so he goes in and then uh, one of the Beastie Boys comes in. I think it's uh, Adam Horowitz comes in. Or one of them, I don't remember which Beastie Boy. And so Rick Rubin's like, you got to see this. And he's going through the thing. And anyways, they're producing 99 Problems. And you hear, you've heard it so many times now that you forget about, and, and Jay-Z's making up the lyrics on the spot. It's a really phenomenal video. So anyways, that's a book I'd recommend. Let, let, me, let me ask you, because after you told me about the book, I went and I watched him in actual sessions where he's producing. He will go in, and he, he's he's very crunchy granola. He'll pull up in his Subaru, hasn't showered for a couple of days, and he will go, he'll take off his flip-flops or his sandals, long flowing beard. He looks a little like Santa Claus. Just a really loving spirit, though. Very kind, very loving. And then he'll just go into the space, and he'll just lay down. Yep. And he'll close his eyes. And sometimes he'll, just, he'll go into a trance or he'll fall asleep. And that's the way that that he produces. Uh, that's the way he produces gold records, which I think is amazing. And he's, and he's like, you know what? I really don't know that much about music. He said, I just know more about people, and I'm trying to feel a vibe. And when I sometimes I'll hear music, and I know that we're, that we're connecting with that vibe. And then and 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 then sometimes maybe there's some other things that we can do to connect, or maybe the connection isn't there. And and that's the because he, he's like. When it, when it comes to the music, these are musicians. These are singer-songwriters. They, they have talent that I don't have. I'm just here for the there's another <laughs> There's another famous video of him producing Red Hot Chili Peppers' Give It Away Now, that song that's very famous. And Flea is doing his thing, and, and Rick Rubin's just sitting there, and he's like, play less. Play less. And I don't what, think I don't even think he can run a board or equipment. No, he's like what? he, he, he do, can't. He downplays that. He that produced right? all the original Def Jam stuff in his dorm, like the the LL Cool J album and stuff. His, I, I, but I, he he programmed the beats. He ran the board. He he, he ran the board because he, 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 he yes. says he, he says he doesn't. Maybe not a modern board of Pro Tools and all that, but he he knows more than he lets on. Yeah. But in the, there's a, this other famous video with Flea where he's just like. Maybe, maybe try playing less. And then Flea finally does the boom, that uh, give it away, give it away yeah. now. And he's like, yes, that one. Yes. Because Flea is so such a virtuoso. He's like, so he, it's, it's a very, so that book is interesting because it just, you have to be in the right mindset. You read like two pages the and then, art, yeah. then you just think about it. Yeah. And then it's not a thing where you're going to read a hundred pages. Right. The show I would recommend is called Shrinking. And so this is, uh, Brett Goldstein, who plays 
on uh, Ted Lasso. He plays Roy Kent, uh, the guy with the beard and and all the the chest hair. Uh, and Roy Kent was sort of one of the breakout stars of season one. He's also Brett, Brett Goldstein is also a writer on that show. So he got together and and wrote another show called Shrinking, and he wrote it with Jason uh, Siegel, who was in, um, you, you'd recognize him when you see him. And so it's about this group, a guy who's a therapist at a therapist office, the head therapist, they say, you know, it'd be great in this role is Han Solo. Can we get Harrison Ford? Is it Han Solo or Hans Solo? Han Solo. You said Hans Solo. Han Solo. It's, it's his brother. No, you correct me on a lot of things. I, I, I let a lot of things slide, and I know you do too, because we're saying wrong things all, all the, time. the time. You just said, and I didn't watch Star Wars to, for the first time till last year. I even know it's not Han Solo. So, uh, Harris, so Brett Goldstein and Jason are like, man, it'd be great if Harrison Ford played this. And they're like, Harrison Ford's not going to do a TV show. And so somehow they got the script to him, and Brett tells this story because he was on a media tour for ted lasso and so the his agent called him and he's like harrison wants to meet you and he's like when today and he's like okay so he like goes to harrison ford's house and he's like he's saying he's a huge star wars fan and they never thought they would get there it was like a lark there's no way harrison ford's gonna do the show so he opens the door and it's Harrison Ford. What else is he going to do? He just got a divorce. He's 80 years old. Right. I don't think they allow him to fly planes anymore since he crashed three. Right. It's like you're Harrison Ford. Of course you're going to do a TV show because it's either work or die. So, so he wants to work. Good for him. He goes in there and Brett's kind of like, I don't, you know, am I, am I pitching him the show? Like what's going on? So he's going, they're just chatting. Yeah. And he's, Harrison finally was just like, um, they just chit chat about Ted Lasso and some other things. And they're like hanging out. And he's like, so uh, the script and Harrison's like, it's one of the best things I've read in a long time. I'll do it. And he's like, okay, yeah. cool. And they like give a fist bump That's and he right. left. So it's Harrison Ford plays the head therapist. Jason Siegel is under him. I don't want to give away too many plot points. Yeah, It's on Apple TV. It's really entertaining. It's worth a watch. So I would, those are my two things I'd recommend. All right, let's talk about podcasts on the other side of it. Hey, Mitch Weeks joins us here from Mitch.Loans, the sponsor of the show. Mitch, we just did a deal for a client, and you've talked about in other spots a 3-2-1 buy-down. He didn't do that, but he still got a lower rate than the published rate. How did that work? Yeah, you can do something called paying points, where you actually pay a certain percentage of your loan, usually less than a percent of your loan. It's not that big a number, but he got the sellers to pay it, and that was great negotiating by both of you. And so the sellers gave him a chunk of money up front that bought down his rate. Market rates now in about the seven percent range, and they used you know fifteen thousand dollars to buy down their rate to a six percent. So for the whole life of this thirty-year loan, he hmm. gets to pay his loan as if rates were a six percent when he bought. Even though they it, were a seven. If it drops down lower than that, he can refinance. He absolutely can. He can get out of that loan at any time. There's no prepayment penalty on any of our loans. You can refi, pay it all off if you win the lotto, or just start paying more. And there's an advantage to doing that. And we can talk about that with you too. All right. So we have a bunch of different strategies to finance a purchase right now. Uh, you can check out Mitch and, Mitch's website at Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need help with a loan right now, Mitch.Loans, that's your guy, right? Yeah, just go to Mitch.Loans. He works with Home Seed Mortgage, sponsor of the show, and uh, he will get you hooked up. 
go check out all the programs will be available to you. Shopping for money is as important as shopping for a piece of real estate, yeah. in my opinion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because that's how you secure real estate. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, uh, Michael B. Jordan, I just wanted to share that. Give that story a Google. Uh, if you don't know Michael B. Jordan, he's pretty famous from- He's uh, in Creed. Yeah, he's in, he's, he's in Creed 3. And in fact, he was doing interviews for Creed 3. And he noticed that there was a gentleman there that was that had bullied him back in high school. And you should see how he handled that bully. So check it out. It's I very- just watched him in a movie. And you might have to look. It's him and Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is on death row. And Michael B. Jordan plays. It's a real life attorney oh. story where he goes in and gets him off a of death row. Oh, wow. uh, and um, it's a really great movie. Just Mercy, I believe it's called. All right. And so if you um, haven't seen that film, Jamie Foxx is incredible. All right. I'll movie. check it out. Before we get out of here, a couple podcasts. Uh, first of all, we have a lot of people out there that you may, you know, we have people that listen that maybe you just found our podcast. There are other podcasts out there, so you just download your <laughs> podcast flair. And what are I, I always find it very interesting. Once people have said, "Wow, there's life outside of a radio," and they discover podcasts, uh, one of the podcasts, and I'll share a couple that I'm listening to right now. And then, Ron, I want to get your thoughts. There's a podcast called Fly on the Wall. It's with Dana Carvey and David Spade, and what they are doing is they are just reliving their days on Saturday Night Live. And so they have people on that either starred with them when they were on or before and after. Uh, so I was listening today. They had Chris Kattan on. So they had Paul Rudd on. Uh, Will Farrell uh, just did a live show with them. Bill Burr, uh, Bill Burr, who I like a lot. Garrett Morris, Brendan Fraser was just on. Jimmy Kimmel. It's really, really good. And then they just did a whole tribute to Chris Farley because those guys love Farley so much. So if you get a chance, and I think there's stuff with Kevin Nealon. We had a chance to have him live in studio one time at Cairo and then go out and introduce him at a comedy club. He is one of the cleanest comedians you will ever... He's one of the tallest and cleanest. He does not cuss. He does not do blue material. It's all super clean. And he can take down a comedy house. He, he can fill a room... And he is startlingly, he, he, he startled me by how funny he was. And a lot of times you think comedians have to be blue. Like, like Rosie O'Donnell, for instance, you take her off the view and wow, when she would go do stand up, very, very different, right? Even Jay Leno had to really clean up his stuff when he was on the tonight show. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld is always run uh, a very clean campaign when it comes to, uh, when it comes to his comedy, but doesn't judge others. So anyway, check that one out. I like that. And then I also like Conan O'Brien needs a friend and he has built this studio. He's built a great team and he sits in the studio. People stop by some of the people that I just mentioned and he is searching for a friend. He just did an interview with Larry David and Larry David was talking about the fact he's like, you know, you're a Yale graduate. I'm not. So I don't really want to be your friend or hang out with you. And Conan's like, well, we just live down the street for, why don't we go get dinner and all. So it's kind of some of that. Uh, You will find out. I, and I never really liked Conan O'Brien's talk show, but I do like his podcast because you find out how quick, how quick, how funny, how interesting, and how educated he really is. And you see why he was one of the great writers on Saturday Night Live before he was actually became a performer on late night TV. You, I now understand his stardom and why they loved him so much because he just writes things on the fly. And when him and Farrell, Will Farrell get together, they talk about this story. They got on a plane. 
He sits down next to Will Ferrell. He starts doing a bit, and Will's doing it with him. He never calls him Kona. He never calls him Will. They do a bit for this whole flight, and it's a flight from like Sacramento to San Francisco, so it's not very long. He said for about an hour, they just did a bit with each other, and then they just got up and left, and that was the bit. It was amazing, and they talked about it on Conan O'Brien. He's a friend, so I really like uh, I really like that one. Uh, sometimes I'll listen to that one in the gym as well. What do you got? Uh, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Uh, have you checked out uh, Michael Lewis does a podcast now called Against the Rules? Michael Lewis, of course, wrote Moneyball, uh, and he wrote a, a lot of great books that, that turned into movies. Uh, one of the just he's a brilliant writer. But what's fun about the podcast is you get to see how his mind works. And so he'll take you sort of behind the scenes and talk about like where his book ideas come from and how he finds his characters. And so against the rules, he does one on coaching because his kid was into sports and like the, the specific coaching they did. And then he starts learning about coaches and what makes a good coach. And just you, you watch his mind click and turn and you're like, okay, this is why he writes great books. So against the rules with Michael Lewis, I think is a really fascinating one. Uh, there is one called cautionary tales. Um, and I think I like it a lot because it's a British guy and he has a, that quintessential British voice, but he takes moments, moments in history where people failed and he tells a cautionary tale about it. So it can be, for instance, the the first two guys that were trying to make it to the South Pole. And so he talks about the two different expeditions and why one failed and one succeeded. And he frames it. It's very interesting. It's really well written, very well researched. And it takes these moments where something historical happened and he gives you a cautionary tale about it. Really, really interesting. Uh, if you, if you like that kind of history sort of thing. And then let me give you one other one. Since we mentioned Rick Rubin uh, on the show, he does a, a podcast called broken record where he sits down with very famous musicians and it's not really even an interview. If, if, uh, it's just him talking. He does a, a multiple part series with John Frusciante, the guitar player for Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's one of the most incredible conversations on podcast I've ever seen. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, at one point, uh, Rick Rubin is talking about him. He's like, do you remember that time I came to your apartment and you were basically so strung out on drugs that you could barely function? And so... They just start on this journey of talking uh, like friends catching up. And John Frusciante gives away some information uh, and that you never would have thought a, a star of that magnitude would talk about. What's the information? About his drug use and about how he uh, finally got clean and what it was like to do drugs, what he liked about it. And, and he remembers when Rick Rubin came over and he was almost dead. See, those are the conversations that, that people have to have when it, when it comes to addiction. And when people open up their hearts and they tell you the truth, we, we shouldn't run from the truth. Because the truth sometimes can be ugly, but it's also the thing when you're dragging it in the light. It's the thing that creates freedom. And it also creates human-to-human -human connection. And that's how you create hope. We get so judgmental sometimes on the stuff that other people are doing. And then we look at our own lives and, yeah. So it's disgusting as well. So anyway, drag that stuff out in the light. It's no called way. Broken Record. It's good. John Frusciante is a good place to yeah, start. I just, 
I just uh, noted those. So I'll be listening to some of those uh, in the gym tomorrow as well. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to the show. If you need us, uh, just reach out, right? Yeah, you can go to ronadonsitdown.com. Let's start your real estate journey and level up. Uh, we are your guys. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we have specific strategies for each of those lanes, and we'll see if we make a good team. Yeah. All right. And also, if you need a loan, Mitch.loans. If you need tires, Les Schwab tires. And if you need a dog, you can't have mine. Yeah. Head up, shoulders back, you guys. We'll see you for a special real estate edition every Friday. We have a bonus edition. It's just about 15 minutes. We just talk real estate. Check it out. Uh, It'll be in your inbox tomorrow. It's the Ron and Don Show. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Olay! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Olay! Only. Olay! Only. Olay! Only. On the Ron and Don Radio Network.